Welcome to Flow with Armand Asadi. Greetings, my friend. I, uh, obviously, uh, we are 50 plus episodes in, and as you know, the majority of these episodes have been with other people. Uh, me having conversations slash interviews uh, at times with other people, and there have been very few, I think two or three solo episodes. And um, I think it's time for you and I to have a little bit more of a conversation. Look, the thing is, I'm a podcast listener too, and I've been listening to podcasts ever since they started, since the dawn of podcasting, and I absolutely love them. But to be honest with you, I don't listen to that many of them. Now, the ones that I really enjoy listening to are the ones where I feel like I have a personal relationship with the host and that we're having a conversation in essence, or it's just really fucking entertaining and really insightful. And, you know, it's something like uh, Joe Rogan or Tim Ferriss, and they are interviewing just absolutely incredible world-class people. And I can go, all right, this is the guy for cryptocurrency. Um, I really want to listen to Naval Ravikant again. (laughs) And I just go for those. But to me, when I sit down and I think about what creates a quality show, what creates a quality podcast, it's the feeling that you're not just one of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people that that person is speaking to you and providing something of value to you. And obviously you and I are not sitting down right now next to each other having a conversation, although that would be really fucking cool too. Um, and maybe there is a way to, to do that in essence, by the way, I've been thinking a lot about that, but the ability to at least extract what I know you might be thinking, working on, um, or, challenged by and then addressing it in these solo podcasts is really exciting to me. It also just allows me to discover what I know. I've often said that I speak to discover what I know. So this is an exercise in real-time flow and it's an opportunity and space for me to unpack concepts that I've spent a lot of time thinking about. So That's my preamble. And just to close the note on how we could have a conversation, I think that the best way is in communication outside of the podcast. You know, you messaging me, direct messaging me on Instagram, sending me a text message. Those are the best ways to literally go back and forth. And I pay attention. I pay attention to every single thing you say. And it goes into my conversations, it goes into my life, and it goes into this podcast. And I hope to continue doing that. So if you don't already know how to text me, um, my number for now is 619-825-2595. I'll say it one more time so that you can just do it right now. I highly recommend, like, if if you're on your phone, just send a text to this number and say hi. And then that way you have my number and I have yours. 619 825-2595. Okay, cool. So here's what I've been thinking about lately. Um, Happiness. Now, I'm not a scientist who's been studying happiness for the last 10 years, and I'm also not Gretchen Rubin who's been writing books about it. 
What I am is a human being who is deeply fascinated by this concept of life, of existence. And I think that's where I get my philosophical stance on things. I spend a lot of time thinking about uh, existential, philosophical ideas that most people just don't care about. And the reason I do that is twofold. One, because I'm fascinated by these things and I want more fulfillment and happiness in my life. And I want to know that I'm always, always extracting the maximum that I can from life and leaving everything on the court, as they say, and going to bed as fulfilled as possible. But the other side of that coin is for you. Part of my journey in life is to learn and experiment and share these ideas of what I have uncovered. And there's a concept that I've thought about a lot when it comes to happiness that I think is extremely powerful. And it's a question. It's a question of what is happiness really? And once we define what it is, how do we get it? Okay, so this is also a super debated topic. Is happiness a destination? Is it a state of mind or state of being? Is it a practice? Just simply you're moving in motion throughout life. And there are moments of happiness. Is happiness fleeting? Is happiness something that we can uh, capture and hold on to? Is it a state of nirvana and euphoria that once you get there, you're enlightened? I mean, there's so much to say about this, right? And the best that I can do is just give my opinion on the topic today, knowing that it might change tomorrow and we'll revisit this later. Here's my personal truth. I believe that every time I tune myself in to happiness, I become happy. In other words, every time I place priority, attention, and focus on the importance of being happy, I get there. And one of the reasons I wanted to do this episode right now today was to get there. Because by talking about it, by thinking about it, um, by asking myself the question of why am I not just simply doing it, which I'm going to get to because I think it's going to really, uh, this is such a subtle, profound thing that I'm about to get to. Really subtle, but extremely profound. When I find myself getting present with the idea and asking myself the question of like, am I choosing to be happy? I get there. It's an immediate anchor and it's really fucking cool and it feels really good. And you should try it right now. Like as you're listening along, you should literally just go like, hmm, am I choosing to be happy right now? Now you might say, but I can't. Life is getting in the way. And this is also something that I spend a lot of time thinking about and need to spend way more time talking about. Look, let's unpack all of this now that, you, that you're with me. First of all, we have the, uh, the we'll call it the uh, Epictetus, uh, who's a Stoic philosopher, had a take on this. And this type of thinking is as ancient as ancient can be. And that is that you are not 
your environment. What happens in your life and in the world and in your environment does not have to be you. You can be detached in a healthy way from circumstances of life. You lose an arm, you don't have to become unhappy. There is a war, you don't have to become unhappy. You lose a family member, you don't have to become unhappy. There is a way to protect your state of mind and your state of being and know that life, as Tony Robbins uh, famously has said now over and over again, perhaps life happens to you not for you. And that might be one of my favorite things that Tony Robbins has ever said. And it's a platitude at this point and everybody says it, but it's important to reflect on and bring it back and say, okay, if life happens for me, not to me, and that is a choice to view it that way, as Jim Carrey said, life contains a multitude of challenges and trials and tribulations. But I choose, he said this in a famous uh, speech, I choose to view them in the most productive way that I possibly can. And that is to view them through the lens as they like, what is the silver lining as an optimist, as a, what else is there that I can extract from this and learn from this? How do I give this meaning? And in a separate episode, I'm going to talk about tragedy. Let me know if you're interested in that. But facing and dealing with tragedy, loss, not just regular loss, but a tragic form of it. And even in the face of tragedy, a human being has the power to choose what it fucking means. And if you have the power to choose what it means, you can change your entire state of mind and your life and you in essence, of course, then you can choose to be happy. And I'll get to that more because you, you might say so many other things to that. Choosing meaning, what something means, the events of our life, how it's going, is the single most important and powerful thing that we have. In fact, it is literally one of the most it is literally one of the only things that we have. Like, like, like what else do we have other than to choose the meaning of things as they unfold in our lives? You lose your job. You lose your girlfriend. She breaks up with you. You lose your boyfriend, your husband, your wife, your child even. And I know that that is insane of me to to say, and it doesn't happen overnight, but there is a way there. There is a way to heal by choosing meaning. And I want to give an important caveat here. It's very important to not live in the bliss bubble. Christy Wood and I talked about this a lot. Episode number, God, I need like a chart in front of me, like a reference guide as I do these episodes. Um, might have been number eight, Christy Wood, The Psychology of Hell. We talked a lot about this concept of the bliss bubble that human beings create for themselves accidentally. And they especially do this for themselves in their early adulthood, in their 20s, in their teens, and sometimes even in your early 30s. And then life kind of just goes, holy shit, and it shows up. And you realize, and it pierces the veil of your bliss bubble, and you sort of start to wake up and realize that 
just acting like things aren't happening and being ignorant about them. Like ignorance is not bliss because it eventually catches up with you. Carl Jung talks a lot about this. There's a concept of the mortificatio. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I believe so. And in the mortificatio, you're essentially in this hell dungeon cave. And it's a process that must unfold. And it requires a certain amount of time. The point I'm getting at is that when something tragic or difficult happens in your life, it is advisable to not just suddenly move on from it and say, okay, whatever, what's the silver lining? What's the meeting? Let's move through this. You have to process the emotions and the feelings and the depth of the suffering. I used to avoid all suffering and all grief as much as I possibly could. Now I know that the pain you'll feel in the future from avoiding it in the present is 10 times worse. Don't do it. <laughs> Deal with it now, suffer now, process it now, and then find a way toward choosing the meaning of what that event really could be after you've had that cathartic sort of uh, processing and release of the thoughts and the emotions, only then can you be light enough and empty enough to then say, well, what the hell am I going to do with this? And how can I turn this into something productive for me? You don't need me to sit here and give you the 1,001 examples of people who have gone through immense tragedy and suffering and turned it into a positive. Do you? I don't think so. I didn't think so. There's plenty of them out there. There's plenty of movies. There's plenty of YouTube videos. There's plenty of influencers on Instagram that will share their stories of turning trials and tribulations into triumph. Okay. If that is the case as well, let's get to a deeper point. What if on a moment-to-moment -moment basis we could choose to be happy? Now, you might say, how is that possible? Happiness comes with time. Happiness is fleeting. Happiness isn't something I can choose. I don't have power over that, Arman. I have power over the meaning, but do I really have power over the happiness? So let's, let's hit it a truth of life. Every day, people around you are dying. People you might know. Maybe you know them well. Maybe you don't. Maybe they're a friend of a friend. Maybe they were a hero or a celebrity or someone you admired. Death is always around the corner. Always. Our next breath is not guaranteed. Literally, the next breath. Just take that in for a moment. Like, Take a breath. That's a gift. 
Because one day, you won't be able to take that breath. Your lungs will give out or something will happen and the next breath won't come. And this is not a time to talk about what happens after that moment, but that's a reality that every single human being on this planet shares. We know that. We just don't acknowledge it enough. We either have an avoidance strategy or it's usually just an avoidance strategy. It's just a defer into the future. The issue with deferring death into the future is that by removing it from the present, you are removing, in essence, one of the most powerful tools that a human being has in order to be happy. You see where I'm going with this? By deferring death and your mortality and the prospect of life ending, which it will, whether we like it or not, we allow ourselves to be unhappy by things that are much, much, much less important than what we just talked about, that your next breath is not guaranteed. If I said to you, did losing your AirPods, like which one? Losing your AirPods and the frustration and the anger you have versus your next breath is not guaranteed, be present, be grateful. You could get hit by a car. You could get a heart attack. Every day we hear of tragic ways that people go long before their time. That is a reality that in the Western world we don't acknowledge. And we're doing a disservice to ourselves by failing to acknowledge and have a relationship with life. Failing to have a relationship with death is literally like failing at life. You're only looking at 50% of the equation. If this something had to come from nothing and we don't acknowledge the fact that death is whatever you want it to be, a new beginning, the end, again, that's a different conversation we're not having right now. Maybe we will. But the point is that's a reality we share. And when we only look at one component of life just because we are afraid, because we find it morbid, because we find it unsettling or, or, or negative, that's our choice too. Like it doesn't have to be this negative dark thing. It could be celebrated. It could be acknowledged. It could be a healthier relationship. I mean, there is so much that we can unpack as well on that topic of the way, the tragic way, the, the shameful way that we view death instead of having a positive 
relationship with it, knowing that this is the thing that we all face. And if we brought it to the surface of our conversations, if we looked people in the eye and talked about it at dinner sometimes, or even if you never talked about it, but all you did was you woke up each day and you actually acknowledged it to yourself, or when you lose your AirPods, you stop and say, but my next breath is not guaranteed. Thank God, thank the universe, thank the 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 math, <laughs> like whatever you want to believe. If you're a fundamentalist scientist, like, you know, thankful for the elements for bringing me to life and this accident in the universe, this random accident in the universe, thank you. Thank you to myself. Like whatever it is, be grateful for that moment because life is, and as you get older, I'm sure you've noticed the acceleration of time. You know, once you hit 30 and you start to go past that, the acceleration of time really starts to speed up. This is a real thing as well. I mean, think back to when you were a kid, right? And time seemed to stand still and a year seemed to feel like 10 years and now a year seems to feel like a month. Well, this is a real psychological thing that's happening. It's like time dilation in a sense, right? And as we get older, there are less and less years ahead. But at that time, you'd only experienced so much life, you know, in 10 years. And so it seemed like so much. The point again is if time is passing and we're failing to acknowledge that there is an end to this existence, every single thing is an opportunity to choose to be unhappy, to choose to suffer. And what I am proposing, what I am actually not even proposing, what I am doing for myself in this very moment of talking to you, of going through this topic, is reminding myself of something deeply important. In fact, it could be the most important question. Am I choosing to be happy? on a moment-to-moment-to-moment basis. As I said, meaning could be one of the only choices we have and a different way to look at meaning as well. It's like, let's go to the root a little more. Before we even had to take the time to suffer and so on, I wonder, could we choose to just be happy? I don't know. I don't know if in the face of immense suffering and tragedy, we could still choose to be happy. I don't know. It sounds really fucking hard. I've gotten close. I've gotten close. And I can tell you that as long as we process what we're going through, we can probably be okay. But choosing to be happy seems to be the most fundamentally important choice that we can make every single day. And when we do, and perhaps I should have started here, when we do, we open up and unlock all the joys of life, the immense joy and possibility and bliss that is available seems to be on the other side of this one choice. Even now, I can feel it. I've had a rough day. I would say yesterday for me was rough. I've injured my shoulder from my workout. I can't really lift my arm. 
I'm like a typical guy. If I am hungry or sick or in pain, I, you know, it's a lot for me, right? It's like typical guy when they're sick, they make a big deal out of it. And pain for me, I'm like, oh, I don't want to deal with this right now. It's getting in the way of my activities, my life and everything. And I just started going down that like slightly negative feedback loop of thoughts. And you know how it goes. Once you start, ugh, it gets worse. You start to view everything negatively. So this morning, when it was time to record, I looked at my list of, you know, ideas for this podcast that I wanted to do. What topic do I want to talk about today? And I said, well, what better way to shift into gratitude and happiness than to talk about it? So how do we do that every day? We build tiny little habits that remind us. We set rituals in place that remind us. We stop and we pause and we ask the question when something happens and we say, can I choose happiness right now? Can I choose to create a positive meaning for this right now? And I think that we, this is something that we should, uh, we should practice together. And I will continue experimenting with this, and I'm sure I will continue evolving my ideas with this, but um, I'd be very, very curious what you think and have experienced in life when it comes to everything we just talked about. So let me know. I gave you my number. Shoot me a text. Slide into my DMs on Instagram at Armand Asadi. Doing a lot of cool things there. And please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple and Spotify, wherever you're listening. Just hit that subscribe button. You'll get notified when these episodes go live. And if you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Go to this podcast, leave a review. When you hit the stars, give me those stars. And then you have to hit the write a review button and just leave your thoughts. I would love that. It would mean a lot. And I think it helps the podcast. I don't know. But mainly it's a way for me to see what you think. All right. There it is. Take care of yourself. Until next time. Peace.